Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis. Catch me every Monday at 4 with CDOT on the drive. Hamburgers? Maybe. Chiefs football? Definitely. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. KCSP Kansas City. WDAF HD2 Liberty. Always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, back here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Nick Short with you. Dusty Likens is in for Cody Tapp. We'll get back into Thursday night football and one guy who's not playing tonight and what it could mean about a potential acquisition for the Chiefs later on this season. But let's talk some fantasy football here. We welcome in Paul Charchian of guillotineleagues.com, presented by Twin Peaks, Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views. Charch, good to have you on the show. I did want to start with Tua, though, a little bit because yeah. uh, you, you were telling me, look, perhaps he's the best non-rushing fantasy quarterback Maybe ahead of Patrick Mahomes, really? at least for fantasy purposes. I'm not saying he's a better quarterback because Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback to ever play the position. But let's talk about it a little bit right now. The uh, First, let's go back to the preseason. You remember all that talk about how Tua's feeble arm wouldn't oh, be yeah. able to get the ball downfield to Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill? Well, he's pro football focuses number one ranked deep ball passer. He's got the third longest average pass, almost 10 yards. It's longer than Mahomes. And Tua ranks number one in passing yards, 345 yards per game. Game, three touchdowns per game it's he's been fantastic and he's really doing it all at all all levels of the field with waddle and hill and i think when you factor in those receivers probably the best pairing of receivers in the nfl many weeks two is going to be the most reliable pure passer in fantasy football charge what do you think that's a shot at your guy in a way i suppose it's not meant to be but it kind of is what do you think I think it's sexy, and I like it. <laughs> All right, Dusty. I like that attitude. Hey, Charge, I got a question for you. So let's just segue into Thursday Night Football because the breaking news yeah. today is that, that Brandon Cooks isn't going to play today, right? Correct. Or tonight. That is. So yes. everybody, because we know fantasy football is, is where the volume is, is where you should get to immediately. Damian Pierce has got to be just pushed in every single lineup tonight, correct? Well, yeah, I think he does. Now, there's a you know, there's a big narrative out there that goes something like this. Houston's going to get killed in this game, which mm-hmm. they are. So, therefore, you don't want to start their running backs because the game script's going to go against Damian Pierce. But here's what those people don't realize. This team's been blown out of a lot of games, <laughs> and they still keep running Damian Pierce all the time. He's averaging 21 touches per game. Doesn't matter if it's a blowout or not. Doesn't change anything. They keep going to Damian Pierce because he's they know he's their best big play producer no matter what the situation is and he's really good he's pro football focuses eighth ranked runner damian pierce get this 3.8 yards after contact per carry for damian pierce and philly's a great pass defense they're a middling run defense they're giving up almost five yards per carry the way the only chance houston has to either you know, keep it close or to chisel away at a lead is to keep running Damian Pierce. He's going to, he's, he is sitting on a high volume game and he's very good. I think he's going to have enough big plays to absolutely keep him startable tonight. All right, Charge, let's just stick with this Thursday night game then. We mentioned Brandon Cooks there, not going to play. He's pouting about not getting traded despite signing an extension uh, this past April. If you're an owner of Brandon Cooks, obviously you kind of just waiting this thing out and seeing, are you hoping he gets cut, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you're ho- that's exactly the scenario you're hoping for is that they just cut him out, right? That he can be petulant enough that, you know, that happens. But, you know, when I look at what happened with Cam Akers, Cam Akers is back in practice now after what appeared to be, you know, what was going to ultimately be a divorce for a player who's, you know, wasn't even producing. The problem is, you know, 
they need they need Brandon Cooks. He does produce. I think sooner or later, Cooks and also Cooks is going to want to be paid. I mean, that's that's certainly a factor here. You know, if he just doesn't show up for games, he, they're not paying him, and he's making so much money that I think he's gonna he's gonna want to he's gonna want to get paid. So, you know, I know you. I'm sure you'd love to get him to further booster your 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 receiving core, but I don't. I'd be shocked if it ends up in his just outright release. Charts, which of the trade deadline picks give you the most intriguing upside or can really flip what their narrative has been all year so far at a new face with a new place? Ooh, see, the key here is the word intriguing. Because the most obvious answer about the Tuesday trades and fantasy impact is Chase Claypool getting really a quarterback upgrade going to, to Justin Fields from Kenny Pickett. But the most intriguing is not him. The most intriguing involves Naheem Hines going from Indy to Buffalo. But and I don't want to focus on Hines. I want to talk about what he gets what he leaves behind in Indy. You've got a hobbled and ineffective Jonathan Taylor as the lead back. Dusty, Alex, would you be surprised if the Colts just shut him down for some period of time to try to get Jonathan Taylor's ankle right? I would not be surprised. Not at all. Didn't practice yesterday, didn't practice today. Good chance he's not the starting running back this coming Sunday. And that leads us to Deion Jackson. He is the fill-in we've seen in two games without Taylor, in which he totaled 104 and 108 yards. Milestones that Jonathan Taylor has not topped since the opener. And Deion Jackson can catch. He's caught 14 of the 14 passes to come his way this year. And that's why they traded Naheem Hines, because they could do much of the same stuff with Deion Jackson. He's a pretty good player. So Deion Jackson, your probable, as it looks right now, your probable starter this Sunday for the Colts at running back and perhaps for some long stretch of time if they decide to shut down Jonathan Taylor, and they might. We're talking to Paul Charchian of guillotineleagues.com. He joins us every Thursday here on Cody and Goal. It's presented by Twin Peaks, Eat Strengths, Scenic Views. Two teams that have been disappointing, the Rams and the Bucks. they square off uh, this week, and you've got Mike Evans going up against Jalen Ramsey. We know Brady and and Evans haven't been on the same page here, but do you like Evans enough in that matchup? So it's an epic matchup, right? I mean, these are two elite players, Mike Evans, Jalen Ramsey. It's like Ollie Frazier or Golden Corral versus Trichinosis. Epic (laughs) matchup. The past two games, Mike Evans, 26 targets. The past two games, he is instrumental to the Bucks' plan. But Jalen Ramsey's been so good. You know, if if we think back to opening night of the season when Jalen Ramsey got burned on that Thursday night, basically since then he's been awesome. Get this: last five games for Jalen Ramsey, five game stretch, he's given up six receptions for thirty six yards in five games. And, Alex, I'll do the math for you. That is one catch for six yards per game <laughs> for Jalen Ramsey. That's it. So with all the pro- problems the Bucks offense has got this year, you got to give the advantage to Jalen Ramsey over Mike Evans. Charge, one thing that I want to ask you real quick, and then I'll be, I'll be done asking a question because this is the one that's really got me intrigued. I've tried to spread the love with this. Marcus Mariota's for real, and I can't believe that I'm saying that out loud. I need your expertise and Hall of Fame advice to save me from the trash that I'm getting for saying this out loud. Um, how about this? You know, I think Marcus Mariota is playing within the system they have created for him. You know, I, I don't think I don't think he's looked like a great passer by any stretch, but what he's doing is he's very efficiently distributing the ball on 20 passes a game. You know, the, you know that's that is less than a half. That's like 
I don't know, you guys are 20 passes somewhere around, I don't know, the five-minute mark of the second quarter. <laughs> and that's all that Marcus Mariota's got to do is, you know, don't flub it up, and then we're going to keep running the ball. They may get Cordero Patterson back this week, by the mm-hmm. way, which would be a huge boon to the, this team that runs so much. But I, I think Mariota's been really helpful this way. And they've chipped in enough, you know, it's five, six, seven rushing attempts, which are designed plays for Mariota. That's helped a little bit as well. And, you know, we're seeing quarterbacks now. I think this is so smart. If you've got these mobile quarterbacks, Justin Fields, they're letting him run. Marcus Mariota, they're letting him run. And the thing is, everybody thinks if you let your quarterback run, he's going to get hurt. Your quarterback's in more danger of getting hurt in the pocket when his vision is downfield and he's getting attacked from his blind side and he's in a position, you know, upright position, you know, ball cocked in his hand. It's, you know, that's, that's a bad spot for a lot of quarterbacks. When you're out running, you're looking at the guys that are coming. You go slide yourself to safety. You trot out of bounds, whatever. We don't see guys, we don't see rushing quarterbacks getting hurt. Jalen Hurts doesn't get hurt. Josh Allen doesn't get hurt. I think that's an old wives' tale, and we're here to break it. Lastly, Charge, with the Chiefs game on Sunday, they welcome in the Titans. We, we don't yeah. know for sure if Tannehill's going to play or Malik Willis. Over on the KC Ugh. side, they're pretty healthy. Uh, Derrick Henry, obviously, is always a must-start. But anybody else that you like in that game? And Because on the Titans' side, is there any anybody else offensively that you would even consider playing? No. It's Henry and only Henry. And, you know, we go back to last year's game, um, with you know, the win in Arrowhead. And I remember Henry, like, having a big game. But then, I, you know, I went back to that game. He ran the ball 28 times, and he only got 89 mm-hmm. yards in that game. And your run defense is way better this year, so I don't think that's an automatic. And you mentioned Malik Willis. How humiliating is it for Malik <laughs> Willis to start a full game and only be allowed to throw the ball 10 times? What does that say? I mean, Justin if I'm Willis-esque. It is. It worse if I you know if I'm Willis I'm actually insulted by that game plan and I that's I and if it's Tannehill he's going to be out there on a bad ankle I don't like any part of that offense honestly now what you're going to be fast what's going to be fascinating is this Tennessee run defense has turned out to be awesome and I think at this stage we're just dropping outright Clyde Edwards Alaire in his last three games nine touches thirty three total yards he's Whoa. been out snapped by McKinnon and Pacheco. There's guys. I don't. I. I don't think. I don't think this is changing. And I, I think this is just where we are with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I. I don't think he's rosterable. You're certainly not starting him. He's a backup running back. And there's a bunch of other rack backups I'd rather have. I'd rather have Rashad White. We mentioned Deion Jackson, Dontrell Hilliard, Chuba Hubbard, Kyron Williams. Ah. So I. I if I'm just holding backup running backs, it's not going to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Do you see it any differently? 